All right, everyone, welcome to episode one of West Coast Creeps. West Coast Creeps. <laughs> I'm Kate. And I'm Katie. And you heard that right. It is Kate and Katie. Yeah, we have the same name and the same middle name. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, really, really complicated. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Um, so, obviously, our podcast is called West Coast Creeps. Uh, we love everything creepy. We're talking paranormal, we're talking murders, we're talking creeps found in your everyday life. Yeah, especially West Coast life. Um, Katie and I are both Washingtonians. I don't know if you've ever heard of someone named uh, maybe Ted Bundy, the Green River Killer. we got a few serial killers here there, in Washington. There are definitely some creeps out here. There so are. We are bringing you the stories. We're telling you the dirt. We're giving our own input on the dirt. As we drink some wine and and chat, yeah, yeah, and we're drinking yeah. some Washington wine today. Uh, it's called Brown Vineyards Malbec, right from Walla Walla, right here in Washington. So, cheers! All right, episode one, first podcast. Yeah, for the first one. All right, so we're gonna get it going. So we have a creepy first start. creepy story of the day. So how we're gonna start is we're doing tarot of the day. So tarot we're gonna start of you the day, off yay, yay. with a tarot card, get some good juju going for the new podcast and the vibes. Okay, well hopefully good juju. I don't know. We'll see what the cards I guess say. It depends. The cards, the cards will tell us. Um, I'm also a very, very novice tarot card reader, as in um, I've been doing this for maybe like one week. So okay, none of us know any of this, so we're all learning <laughs> yes. together, so this is an experience. So we are going to pull a card, and we're just going to tell you what we think. It's probably not right, correct, cool. it's probably not by the book, but here we go. Alright, what is it? Okay, so it looks like we got Nine of Swords. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Just no, 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 it's, it's, it's Nine of Swords, okay. <laughs> Um, well, let me have, I have my book here, so let me find, let me sign swords. I feel like right, nine Kate. of swords might not be good, Katie. <laughs> well, here we go! Starting us off with some, okay, some juju. See. I guess maybe not good. Oh, fuck, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, cards were dealt. Okay, and so. I guess you picked up this is, me. This is, this is my book. This is so bad. All right, Kate, read her off. Let's get it started. So, okay, this is what my book says. The Nine of Swords shows extreme anxiety, nightmares, tension. <laughs> I just spit wine all over my new carpet. Oh, fuck. Okay, unhappiness over past mistakes or misfortunes. When it appears, you're in an unhappy, intense state of mind. Whether or not the facts bear out the fate, thus the suffering associated with this card Maybe mostly in your mind. Okay, well, we all we both have fucking anxiety problems, so, like, which, that that would make sense. Yeah. All right, upright. That's why we get you, Xanax. Yes, thank God for wine and Xanax, for real. <laughs> um, okay, so it came out upright, so it says, The Nine of Swords indicates that you are troubled by bad dreams or horrific fantasies. Yep, yes and yes. Exactly. Got both of those. Yep. Deep-rooted or repressed issues are trying to resurface so you can resolve them. A.K.A. all of my uh, childhood drama. And all my ex-boyfriends trying to come back in my <laughs> That's probably, that's all probably my... it. It will likely be very challenging to change your attitudes and beliefs. I think we should have gone to therapy a while ago, but we're past this. So <laughs> Nine is the number of completion. Thus, this card indicates that the changes you're being required to make 
forecast a better future, a.k.a. our fucking podcast. A.k.a. you heard it here first, out with the old, in with the new, baby. This is where we're starting fresh. So we're going to take all nine of those knives. We're going to cut all the negativity out. All the fuckboys. All the fuckboys. All the ex-boyfriends. All the anxiety. All the bad dreams. We're going to keep the wine in the Xanax, though. Keep the wine in the Xanax. I like it. Okay, well, speaking of, like, really fucked up things, are you ready to hear a good one? We're going to get into our first crime of the day. So, on this podcast, obviously, is it's West Coast Creeps, so uh, we will be focusing on West Coast stories. It's all the, you know, all the best things in life come out of the West Coast. You know, we're going to start right here in Washington, our home state. All right, and all of these are true stories, so the first one we're going to tell is a Washington local story, and it's really, really fucked up, so uh, I'm just going to start with a bang. And I actually don't know this story, so Kate's going to be telling me this story while I talk about, I give my input on it, I'll say my two... Your two cents. My two cents on it, and uh, let you know how I truly, truly feel. All right, so today we're going to be talking about psychotic myth. Oh, my ex-boyfriend again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A creepy father-in-law. And unfortunately, child abuse. So, like, trigger warning. This one is pretty fucked up. So, this is the story of the Powell family. Shout out to Crime Junkie and the podcast Cold for most of this information. If you haven't listened to either of those two podcasts, you definitely should. Okay. So, we're going to get into it. So, our story starts on October 16th, 1981, where Susan Cox was born in Oregon, to Chuck and Judy Cox. So, they were members of the LDS Church, so, aka, they're Mormons. Latter-day Saints, yeah. right? Okay, uh-huh. just learned what this means. Not yeah, the la- Latter-day Saints. Okay, so, okay. Mormons, Latter-day Saints. I'm not sure, like, which one they prefer. And maybe we'll figure I think that it's out. a different thing. No, they're the same thing. Okay, okay. Um, so obviously she grew up like pretty innocent and a sheltered life, but she was really nice and bubbly and all of her friends said that she just had like a huge bubbly personality. Um, she loved doing hair and makeup and she actually went to cosmetology school and her and her friend, yeah, we we got a pretty bitch in our (laughs) life and she wanted to open up her own salon. So, I mean, she had like a lot of hopes and dreams, which was really nice, which was pretty much the complete polar opposite of her future husband, Josh Powell. So he was also born in the LDS church, but after his parents divorced when he was 16, his dad, Steve Powell, gained custody of him and his brother. And from there, everything went very downhill. On this podcast, we're definitely going to be talking about creepy men, which Steve Powell was a creepy ass man. So he was really anti the Mormon church after this divorce. He was also a total freak. So uh, at a young age, he showed his kids porn and was like really abusive to them. This definitely rubbed off on Josh and he started showing psychotic tendencies at a super young age, like killing animals. Also, if you kill animals when you're younger, like you're probably going to be a fucking psychopath. There's for sure something wrong. I feel like I've seen movies and stuff and they have those like tendencies like in psychology you know we talk about people that like torture animals and they and then they grow up to be fucking weird yeah so I feel like that's uh, red flag number one exactly all right continue okay this is red flag number two he went to UW 
Oh, oh fuck. fuck no. Yeah, I know. He went to you, Any of you that are listening, Kate and I both went to Washington State University. Go Cougs. Yeah, we'll go get Cougs. Later. That's how we met. <laughs> um, also, Ted Bundy went to UW. He went to UW. So, so we have issues. So this, maybe we'll have a full episode dedicated to the creeps on UW. Out of UW's campus. Yeah. I think that's a real, that's actually an amazing idea. All right. Stay tuned. We'll write it down. All righty. So he went to UW, and he dates on and off, but nothing really works out for him. Um, Then he kind of goes through this phase where he's trying to reconnect with his Mormon faith, and this is where he meets 19-year-old Susan Cox at a church event for singles. Okay, so they were both Mormon previously. No, she had always been Mormon. Okay, okay, but he was... He was Mormon. And then left, and now he's trying to regain that, and he's at this singles thing where he's meeting this woman. exactly. So, at this time, it's the year 2000. So, yes, they um, both went to UW. She had always grown up in the Mormon uh, church, and, like, her faith was really, really important to her. Mm -hmm. He started to grow up within the Mormon faith, but once he lived with his dad, his dad was, like, super anti-religion. So, he kind of strayed away, but then in college, he came back. So, they meet at a church event for singles, um, in 2000. So she's 19 and he's 24. They kick things off. She wanted to move like pretty fast, which they do. They got married in Portland at the LDS temple in April, 2001. So that's like six months after they met. Okay. Okay. Don't move fast guys. Don't well, move fast. you know what? Maybe they, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. They probably wanted to have sex and weren't allowed to have sex. Oh, definitely probably is. So, you know. We've all been there. Also, she... Speed it up. <laughs> she really, really wanted to, like, you know, be a mom and get, like, her life started. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's probably where things... Why things move so fast. Okay. So they get married. Living with this perfect man. They had tons of financial issues, like, right from the start. Josh was a compulsive spender. I can definitely relate yeah, to that. Um, and he was so bad with money. And he would waste his money on, like, stupid-ass shit, like, computer stuff, like, video game stuff, Mm -hmm. like, camping gear, even though they never went camping. can also relate to that. And he left Susan with, like, nothing at all. Okay, can I also say another red flag? This is a total psychological thing. When people, like, buy, like, that is, like, a, I don't want to say a fetish, but that's, like, a weird thing in their brain where, like, they need to be spending money and, like, buying a bunch of unnecessary things. Like, it's, like, a fulfilling... Yeah, it's, like, they have like, a hole tendency. in their heart. Yes. And they're, they're trying to fill it with, mater- mm-hmm. like, material things. Even though we all... Yeah, I can't relate that all the to time. that, yes, but this is, like, probably to an extreme. Yeah, this is definitely to a crazy-ass extreme. Like, okay. I have credit card debt, but not compared to this man. So, he left Susan with pretty much absolutely nothing... And because they're having financial problems, right, after they got married, um, they move into Josh's dad ha- dad's house in Puyallup. So backing up, Josh's dad obviously was, like, abusive to him growing mm-hmm. up, like, showed him porn, had definitely a porn addiction. It was really fucking weird. And when Susan moved in, she found out how truly creepy Steve Powell was. So Steve would, like, take photos of her when she Steve is-, is the father-in-law. So it was Josh's, it's Josh's dad. Josh's dad. Okay, yeah, okay. and so Josh and Susan are living in Steve Powell's house in Piala. Okay. So Susan, you know, she would just be doing her own thing, like walking around the house, and Steve would be like taking photos of her and like 
trying to touch her. And he even, like, put a fucking camera in the bathroom and, like, would record her changing and stuff. And on the podcast, Cold, they somehow got access. He had, like, audio diaries. Mm -hmm. And he would, like, record himself talking about her. Like, he was in love with her. He would, like, steal her underwear. And there's even this, like, super disturbing video where he stole her underwear and was, like, masturbating to it. Okay. Yeah, so this man has some serious, serious problems. Also, there was a recording where Steve was driving Susan somewhere. And Steve is, like, recording this, but Mm -hmm. Susan has no idea. And Steve pretty much is, like, professing his love to her. Okay. And in the car, they're in the car together. And he's like, I love you. Like, you want to be with me. I know you want to be with me. You flirt with me all the time. Blah, blah, blah. And at this point, Josh and Susan are married. Yes. She's like 20 years old. She newly married, living with her father-in-law. And he's hitting on, putting on the moves, being a fucking creep. Yes. Being a creep. Being a creeper. Yeah, he sucked. He is honestly the worst. And obviously she's, like, super uncomfortable by all this and tells him, she's like, you know, I'm married to your son, I love him, this makes me feel really weird, like, I want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. But still in a super nice way, because that's kind of how the person she was, she was. God, I fucking hate men. (laughs) Amen. So she feels really uncomfortable, and they finally move out of Steve's house, thank God. And they move from Washington to um, West Valley, Utah. Um, things started to look up, and Susan actually got a job at Wells Fargo, and was, like, finally far away from Josh's crazy-ass dad, but when she got pregnant, things kind of all went down from there. His abusive tendencies, Josh's, just got out of control, really went up another level. So, she gets pregnant. Um, a couple of years after they're married, and she gives birth to her first son, Charlie, in 2005. And Katie, this this story is going to make you so fucking mad. So she's in labor, and she needs someone to drive her to the hospital, right? And Josh says that he can't drive her to the hospital, and he needs her to find her own ride. Oh, okay. She's just... Yeah, you know, going to push a... Going to shove a human out of her vagina... And he can't, he can't even take her to the hospital. No. So her parents end up bringing her. Um, I guess they were in town at the time. And this is the reason he couldn't drive her because he was backing up his computer. Oh, with all the porn he had. Yeah, with all watch, the fucking porn all the he weird. really had. Um, yeah, so okay. he doesn't okay. even make it there for the birth of their son. He shows up two hours late. Okay. Which is super, yeah. But. Unacceptable. Yeah, and she got pregnant again a couple years later in 2007, and, like, things are just not improving. She's like, maybe he'll make it this time. Let me have another baby. Let's test the waters, see if he makes it to the birth. Exactly. Also, Josh had a really hard time with actually keeping a job, so Susan was, like, the main source of income. Mm -hmm. So she was working at Wells Fargo at the time, and he was between jobs. So she pretty much supported the family financially, but was was not allowed any access to the funds. Okay. So he was just super controlling and abusive and was not giving any of the money to his kids or his wife, just all spending it on useless shit and got into, like, tons and tons of debt. Um, he would give Susan, like, a tiny allowance every week 
Um, I think he let her have to spend like ten dollars a week on food. Or Narcissistic tendency. Yeah, and controlling another races. red flag. Let me tell you, ladies, red flag, run. Yeah, definitely run. Um, her friends even said that she would like stop by at their house and ask to borrow hot dogs because her kids were hungry and crying. And where and Josh is just he's spending it on 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 computers, on video games, on like tools and stuff. Even though he like didn't fucking build anything, he would just waste all the money. Okay. There's even a time where Susan was like, "Josh, our kids like need to eat. Can I please have more money to feed them?" And he said, "I don't understand why they need food. They're just gonna poop it out anyway." <gasps> what? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, it doesn't work like that. Josh. What a fucking weirdo. I know. What a fucking weirdo. I know. It's total weirdo. And she's what? just like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, she was like an abusive relationship. I. She didn't I, see She was it. brainwashed. She was she, brainwashed. Yeah. She was with this person. She already had a couple kids with him. I get it. Yeah. She was, you know. She, she got married at 19. Down. Yeah. And again, she was like a very religious woman. Maybe she was trying to make this yeah. work with they him. Yeah, they probably, yeah, she probably didn't know how to leave. She probably didn't think it was okay, you know. Exactly. I get it. I get it. She's trying to make it work for her family. Can't hate the bitch, but... No, definitely. I do not blame her at all. But Josh, fuck this dude. So, in 2007, Josh Powell finally declares bankruptcy. And he has over $200,000 of debt from just buying stupid-ass shit. So, pretty much, he just, like, ruins their credit the rest of their life. But he somehow I don't think the credit is the worst thing we're going to hear that was ruined in this story. But I know. Continue. We're definitely not. We're definitely not. Um, her yeah. being able to get a, a fucking credit card or a house loan is like the least of her worries. No. Believe, I mean, okay. I'm telling Katie the story. She doesn't know what's about to happen. So, yeah, shit is about to get much, much worse. So, after he declares bankruptcy, he's, like, bragging to his neighbors and stuff. Like, oh, look at all this stuff I got for free. My friend, you did not get that for free. You fucking have to declare <laughs> bankruptcy. Like, you are a fucking loser. Oh, You're the worst. So, clearly, Josh only thought about himself. He did not think about the well-being of his family whatsoever. So, unfortunately, things just get even worse and worse. Um, Josh stopped going to church, which was really important to Susan, and he barely showed any affection towards her. She wrote in a diary entry that she begged Josh to bring her out on a date and, like, begged and begged and begged. And the date idea that he did for her was got her cheap pizza from Chuck E. Cheese and then ate it in the park. He picked a pizza from Chuck E. Cheese. Stop it. Listen, if you're going to take your girl out on a date, Chuck E. Cheese is not the place. Get a Papa Murphy's at least. Come on. No, come on. Chuck E. fucking Cheese. Didn't you hear the conspiracy that, like, their pizza. Have you heard this? No. Okay, so there's a conspiracy theory. Side note. <laughs> that their pizzas are put together pieces of pizza. So say, like, you order a cheese pizza, and you eat half of it, and then you, like, leave the other half. They, like... They will take <gasps> They will take the leftover slices of pizza, and will, like, modge podge them together, and just, like, throw them on, in the oven. Today's special. Everyone's leftovers. No, okay. Guys, fucking it. Google it. Google it. It's actually a thing. It okay, is, so... It is 100% a thing. Their date night... Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. In, in, at the park. Okay. Because he okay. had, was spending thousands yeah. of dollars on, like, computer equipment. So... Okay, also, side note, Josh is one of his, like, 
quote-unquote hobbies is he liked to make websites for fun. Guys, these websites are the shittiest, ugliest things I've ever seen. Like, it looks like... I My mean, LinkedIn page when I was graduating from high school. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, granted, this was in 2008, but this looks like some... Like, me, 13 years old on MySpace, had better design skills than this man. <laughs> Which was, like, around the same timeline. I mean, I don't think the man's a genius. Let's no. put it out there. This guy sucks. So... Unfortunately, the abuse just gets worse and worse and worse, and finally in 2008, she actually wrote a will behind his back and, like, didn't tell anyone, and in the will, she wrote, quote, if I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like it is one. Exactly. So, so. she wrote this in a note. In her will. In her, Oh, in her will. Yeah, she dropped it off at a lockbox. Okay. And I think she only let a couple people know, like, where this will was okay. in her lockbox. And she was like, okay. if something happens to me, like, Josh probably did it. Okay. So. Okay. So she, so she's, she's scared. She knows that something's going on. But, again, can we point out the fact that, Susan, what was in your will? What, what, like, what, like, what were you, what were you making sure, what, what assets did you? <laughs> well, okay, it's funny that you bring that up because you guys should YouTube this. So she make it's out on YouTube. So she records like a video of her going around the house and Thanks. and like saying things that they own. So she like has a camera and she's like going in the office. She's like, this is Josh's computer, this is Josh's this, this is Josh's this and like these are my things. And okay. she's kind of like making a manifest okay. of like all of her belongings. And a lot of people say it was because she insurance. Like knew. She like I mean, either this girl was, like, the smartest bitch ever that was, like, okay, I'm probably going to die. If I do, hopefully people are smart enough. We're in the day and age where people are going to, you know, find my note, find my videos, and, right. like, put things together. Exactly. Okay. So she okay. – some people say that she was doing it for, like, insurance purposes, like, just okay. in case, like, the house burned down, but – I kind of think she she she, knew. she, knew. she was prepping she was for prepping. something that I'm assuming happens. Right. At the end. <laughs> exactly. So, fast forward one year. On December 6, 2009, Susan brings her sons, Charlie and Brayden, to church like she does every Sunday. Later, a friend comes over to hang out with Susan. She said that her that Susan complained about not feeling very well and that she wanted to take a nap, so she like kicks her friend out. So the last time Susan was ever seen was Sunday, December 6th, around 5 p.m. Um, on the morning of December 7th, the boys were late to daycare, and Susan was, like, never late mm -hmm. for work or dropping the boys off at okay. daycare. Also, I think this is, like, a small town, kind of, like, everyone, everyone knew. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, everyone knows okay. everyone, and Susan was... Wait, is she living in Puyallup at this point? No, she's in Utah. Okay, okay. Uh, so they moved from Puyallup, and now they're in, like, West Valley. I don't okay. know. They're in Utah. Utah. And everyone knows everyone. Yeah, everyone okay. knows everyone. So when Charlie and Brayden don't come to daycare, daycare um, I mean, she gets pretty concerned. So she calls Josh. She calls Susan. Like, no one's answering. So the daycare person. The daycare person. Okay. So she calls, like, through the emergency contacts, and Josh's sister named Jennifer, who lived in the area, answers. Jennifer is obviously like, what the fuck? It's Monday. Like, they should be at work. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. So Jennifer calls the police, and the police come to the house, and they break in. 
And when they break in, they see Susan's purse by the door, her ID, her wallet. Like, nothing is disturbed at all. It literally okay. looks like they were just there, okay. except one thing. There's two giant box fans, at like, pointed at the couch. Yeah, like so as if we were cleaning. cleaning and making the floors dry. Exactly. So there's okay. two huge okay. box fans pointed Just. at the couch. And the mm, couch okay. and the carpet is, like, kind of damp. Oh, okay. But there's no blood or anything. Mm-hmm. Also, Josh and the boys were nowhere to be found. So everyone's, like, freaking the fuck out. Like, where's Josh? Where's Susan? Where's Brayden? Where's Charlie? Like, okay. no one's answering their so cell phones. you can't phones. get a hold of anyone. Nope. Her shit's still there. These random... Box fa- fans are, are in the house. Face, yeah. Carpet's a little damp. Something's going on. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, finally, later that night, Josh just, like, appears. He just shows up in town. And everyone's like, Josh, what the fuck? Like, we've been Your worried. Your sons are missing. Josh and the missing. sons. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, Charlie oh. and Brayden are with him. Okay. So, they're like... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're like, Josh, what the fuck? Like, where have you been? We've been calling you a million times. Like, Susan's gone. Why didn't you go to work today? Why didn't she go to work today? Like, what's going on? And he's like, today? What do you mean? It's Monday. You have work. She has work. What's going on? And he's like, oh, sorry. I thought today was Sunday. I must have got my days mixed up. And people are like, um. You're like, no, bitch. You didn't get your days mixed up. Shady shit's going on. Okay. Exactly. So, this is the story that, the fucking bullshit ass story that he tells. So, he says that it's late at night and the boys want to go camping. They want s'mores. So, so we couldn't just take him in the backyard and light a fucking fire? No. He, because we all know that he's just an amazing dad to these kids. So, and also, it is Utah on December 6th. And there was actually a blizzard that So it's night. freezing. It's freezing. So it's freezing-ass cold, and this motherfucker wants to take his kids to have some damn s'mores way away from their house the night before his wife goes missing. Exactly. Okay. So All right. he says that and- <laughs> around 10 p.m., this is his story, that the boys wanted... Also, they're two and four years old. So and- they're not totally They're They're toddlers. It. They're toddlers. They don't know what's going on totally... They can speak, yes, but they're, like, you know, they're going to, whatever. Exactly. So, he says that they want s'mores around 10 o'clock p.m. So, he decides to take them on an impromptu camping trip that night in the middle of a blizzard in December, Sunday night. Also, he thought it was Saturday. He didn't know it was Sunday. So, that's why he brings his kids out into the middle of nowhere um, and has, quote-unquote, a camping night with his kids. So, obviously, like, the cops are like, there's no fucking way that this is going on. So, they actually send cops to the campsite that he says that they were at. Uh There's there's no evidence of anyone being there for a very long time. There's nothing at all. Okay. So, the cops are, like, super suspicious of Josh, and they ask to look through his phone and to look through the minivan that he drove. And you can find all of this online, like, the tapes of his, him talking to the cops. He's, like, annoyed at them for inconveniencing him. Like, I was just trying to take my son to have a nice camping trip in the midst of winter in fucking Utah because they wanted some s'mores. Can you please let me get back to my 
daily life. Yeah, exactly. And the cops are like, all right, well, your wife's fucking missing. So, like, we're trying to find her. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry that we're inconveniencing you because we're asking some questions, but... Exactly. Your wife is gone, missing. You haven't said a word about where the fuck she is. Yeah, he doesn't know. You, were, you don't know what day it is, quote-unquote. So, he, like, finally agrees to give his phone over, but before he gets his phone, he gives his phone to the cops, he takes the SIM card out. Mm-hmm. And, he had, and the cops have no idea until it's too late. Also, he does eventually agree that they can go through the minivan. Guess what they find in the minivan? Susan's phone. Susan's cell phone. Can we also um, go back again? Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we don't have SIM cards anymore. Yes. <laughs> because of creeps like him. <laughs> all, all our shit is in the cloud. Yep. If I get abducted, if I get murdered. Somebody look on that bitch's cloud. Yeah, look on the cloud. There. It's there. Yep. It's there. That's why, maybe that's why there's no more murders. Because there's no more murders. Not murdered in West Seattle. Believe me, we'll right, be covering that one. Scratch that. I mean, the, the that's TikTok why there's no more. Well, you know, actually, I don't fucking know. But SIM cards. Yeah, we hate them. So, yeah, SIM card. And then they also find, they find her, her phone. They find her phone in his car. And I mean, granted, it's like 2008, maybe kind of was like, oh, she just slept it in there, blah, blah, blah. So okay, I'm picturing a fucking also, if you find slide, me? Blackberry, like, flip phone, you or know, like, this girl is not on Instagram, Snapchat, but also, like, it's if just you, a basic phone with a SIM card. If I go missing and my phone is left behind, something really awful happens. Oh. That phone is attached to my hand 24-7. Well, in 2020, yes. Yeah, in 2020. <laughs> Okay, so obviously the West Valley, Utah police launch an investigation against Josh. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> but the thing is, like, everything is really suspicious, but there's no physical evidence. Like, there's, yeah, no, there's no body. They haven't found her yet. They can't just assume. They just can't assume. Most murders, the, when they say that someone is a suspect, always, majority of the time, it's going to be the husband, no matter what. They're going to be... Yeah. Considered a suspect, however, they can't just be like, you're a creepy dude, you're arrested, we know you probably did it. Yeah, they need, like, they, they need, need hard evidence. They need hard evidence. They need to have the body, they need to have a murder weapon. Yeah, they, they need, need to something. know that the lady's murdered in the first Exactly, place. and they have no idea what's going okay, on. Okay, okay. So they find, like, a tiny bit of blood in her home. I feel it's like, you know, it could be, it it could could be anything. Been, yeah. It could be anything. You... I cut my finger. You cut your finger opening our wine today. I know, so exactly. it could, you know, who knows? Maybe I murder you after this one. <laughs> we'll see if there's an episode Somebody, two. you're not going to find the SIM card. I tell you that right now. No, look on the cloud, guys. Look on the cloud. So, but they also find a $1.5 million life insurance policy that he had currently taken out on Susan. Okay, Sketch. what does that mean? Okay, okay, I know. Okay, so explain that to me. So, so she... They, they had to have done it together. So, okay. like, life insurance, you know, you it's you like car insurance. You, like, pay yeah. every month. But How did he take it out on her? What does that mean? I mean, they must have done it together, being like, okay, so if I, if die, I die, you know, you get this money. If you die, so he I get this money. That $1.5 million. insurance if this bitch is Dead. KO'd. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. So, again, <laughs> not looking good for Josh. The police even interviewed the oldest son, Charlie, and he told the police that mommy came with us camping, but decided to stay there because it was pretty. 
One of, wait, which, The four-year-old. So, mommy came, so mommy, mommy came with, uh-huh. and, um. Decided to stay there because it was pretty. Okay, okay. So, And yikes. also the phone was in the car. Mm-hmm. Also, she doesn't have her wallet or her ID, nothing, who goes anywhere without their wallet. Right, so things are just looking fucking weird. Okay, but the little kid, that's what he said. That's so what he said. Okay. But I guess, like, child psychology, the oldest, who was four, went through, like, a lot of interviews, and he was saying, like, a bunch of different things. Yeah. That's why nothing ever stood up in court. Because he's a kid. Because he's four. Yeah, and so you can't four-year-olds make up stuff. Mm-hmm. And to make matters worse, shortly after Susan's disappearance, John liquidated her retirement accounts and withdrew the kids from daycare. So, oh, like, quickly. Quick. Like, her 401k, snatched. Gone. What, right before, on Saturday when he had to go get them s'mores? What are we talking? Like, are we talking like a couple, like, I think think like a week after. I mean, I don't know exactly for sure, but shortly after. Okay. Um, yeah, and they just like couldn't charge him because they couldn't find, I mean, they haven't found her body. To this day, they have still not found her body. No one knows where she is. So without any tangible evidence, like, they couldn't charge him with anything. So a couple of weeks go by, Josh lawyers up. He becomes, like, completely uncooperative with police. And then he packs, you know, him and the boys up, and then they head back to Puyallup, Washington. Dun, dun, dun! That They're back in Washington, back people. Back in Washington. That's where we get West Coast creeps. West Coast creeps. All right, bring it on me. Okay, I wish I could say it gets better. It gets so, so, so much worse. But that's what we thrive on. <laughs> well, maybe not this. This is, this is dark, guys. This is fucked. So, a few weeks after Susan's disappearance, I told you how Josh, like, liked making websites. That was, like, his hobby. Yeah. So, he, this is probably a couple months later, he makes a website called SusanPowell.org, and it was, quote-unquote, the official website of Susan Powell. So, but on the website, him and it, so he's back with his dad. He's mm-hmm. living with this fucking-ass, weird, creepy-ass dad. So, he starts writing, like, complete lies about Susan. Like, he's making up shit, like... She ran away to Brazil with some journalist because I think, like, one of the neighboring towns, like, within the same timeline, a man disappeared who was a journalist. Okay. So he was, like, trying to write this narrative, like, Susan was a sexual deviant. She was cheating on me. Like, her and this journalist got together and she abandoned her kids. The whole reverse psychology. Let's play her as the bad guy. Exactly. And so Steve... Josh's dad, like, really leaned into this theory and started all these rumors of, like, how much of a sexual deviant she was and how she, like, when he flirted. Was with, yeah. hi- with him? Yes, and how she, like, flirted with him and how, like, it totally mm-hmm. makes sense that she would run away to- with another man. And Susan's family, they're, like, you know, they're very conservative, like, religious people. They're yeah. just fucking horrified. Yeah. And Josh and Steve are, like, trying to keep the grandkids, like, away from the maternal grandparents, and it's just, like, really awful. So, pretty much at this, before this point, like, Susan's parents were totally on Josh's side. No one thought Josh was guilty. How they didn't know he was fucking guilty, I have no idea, but after the smear campaign of her, of Susan, um, the parents are like, okay, fuck Josh, we're done. And no one thought it... Okay, so did people know that he was the one that made this website? No, everyone knew that he made the website. So he's, again, on his shitty LinkedIn profile that has 
It's like, no, it's worse than that. It's like AOL AIM, like with fucking MySpace graphics. Just making up all these awful things about Susan. And also, they got her diary somehow. So Susan, like, kept a diary Mm -hmm. throughout her entire life. And they found her diary from when she was, like, in high school. Mm -hmm. And they're publishing her husband and her father-in-law were publishing excerpts from her diary. What? For clout? Like yeah, what, I don't know. To make was, her... To make her look bad. To make her look bad. Like, before he was even with her, like, nothing to do with them together. Exactly. Just her teenage angsty things, and they're posting it online. Just her being like, ah, like, 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 Yeah, exactly. Cute. Like, you know, just... Yeah, stuff like that. And they're posting huh. it online to just try and make her look bad. Okay. Which is so fucked up. So, obviously, things get really hostile between the Powells and the Coxes. So, in 2011, um, the police do a raid of Steve's house where they find a ton of child pornography on his computer. Sketch! And you know what else they find? All those weird videos and photos of Susan that he took years before. Not looking good. So, Steve Powell gets arrested on child pornography charges. Um, And after that happens... Chuck Cox, so Susan's dad, files for custody for both Charlie and Brayden. So eventually the courts um, allow Chuck temporary custody of the boys, ruling that Josh would have to move out of Steve's house if he ever wanted to get custody. Because of this child pornography. Right. Uh-huh. Like, okay, a fa- okay. father-in-law okay. is a creep, child so they have, So the Cox family is getting, you know, they're like, okay. Custody. We have, yeah. Which is awesome. And they have a good reason to, because of this creepo, creepo. Mm-hmm. But Josh still has visitation rights. So... Because he's not labeled as this creep, and they haven't discovered that he did anything wrong in the whole Susan Powell missing thing. Exactly. But they, they end up... They know that he's under investigation yes. for Susan's disappearance, so they do psych evaluations. Okay. And they find him not as a threat or a danger, so they give him supervised visitation rights. Okay. So, like, um, a social worker has to be there mm-hmm. during visitation yeah. rights. yeah. So, Josh does these supervised visits for a while, um, and then he tries to get full custody of the kids again. Like, he was super, he did not like the kids being with Susan's parents. He thought, like, well, they raised a sexual deviant. Like, I don't want them around my kids, blah, blah, blah. So, he files for custody. But guess what? The apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree. Because Josh gets caught with child pornography. But... It's almost child pornography. What do you mean almost? Some 18-year-old no, girl? No, weirder. Way weirder. What? It's animated child pornography. What? Yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's so fun. Okay, so does, that, so does that count? No. So, okay. no. so this is how, when people talk about that fine line that they're dabbling in, here is the line between that he's being like, okay, let me walk this line that's... Kind of fucked up, but not totally illegal. Exactly. It's animated children. Child, yes. Animated children porn. Yes. I know. Porn. It's it's so fucked. And like, okay, so who finds this? Where do they so find, the it? Cops find it? So the find it on okay. his on Josh's on one of the many computers, computers that, he that he's gone in debt for. Yeah. So okay, the courts find it and they can't charge him for child porn because like. It's cartoons. But they're still children. They're still like, you're a creep. Yeah, so it's still, he's fucking creepy. It's really, really weird. So, this is very concerning. 
Um, and he gets mandated like more psych evaluations. So the state of Washington does more psych evaluations on Josh Powell. And guess what? They say that he's fine. He gets supervised visits with his kids. What? I know. What the actual... This man... They're like, you know what? This poor guy, he just needed some poor. He really likes anime. So, you know, we didn't find anything wrong with it. And it's this, okay. This is the thing that is, like, so frustrating that I find about this case. I mean, everything is frustrating about this case. <laughs> but the state of Washington court systems and child protective si- mm-hmm. like services completely wronged these people. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know our state has some problems, but, like, what the actual fuck? Okay, on a side note, though, I have worked in an office, uh, Department of Health and Social Services, and... Through Washington State. Through Washington State, yes. Actually, over kind of near that area in Kent. Um, But we have Child Protective Services on the other side as well. And Washington is a state that is that wants to see families together. Like, Washington stands for, I can't remember exactly what the law is, but there is a law that that is prominent in Washington where they want men to have a lot of rights in their child's life. Like, they, they want to see... It. Hate it. Yes. In, in terms like this, yes, we hate this. We hate the fact that this guy, you know, they're trying to, like, see the good in him and, like, be open-minded about the fact that maybe he's not a total creep. But Washington is one of those states where they will grant... They want families together. They want families together. They will grant the men, you And know, maybe, like, right in, in, in 2% scenario. of, like, instances, that maybe that would be okay. But I would yeah. say, like, 9 times out of 10, like, if there are issues within the courts and the state on custody, it should probably be with, like, the mom's family. The children should be. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. It's case by case for sure. In this case, super fucked up. Super fucked up. So this is like, it gets even worse from here. So this is like, we're kind of approaching the end where things get real fucked. So Josh has a court appeal after his psych evaluation to try and get full custody back for his kids. They say you cannot have full custody, but you can have visitation rights still. He does not take this well at all. So on February 5th, 2012, Elizabeth Hall, who is a Puyallup social worker, drives up to Josh Powell's home in Puyallup with Charlie and Brayden in the backseat. Two kids. The two kids. So they're super for excited. For the visit. For the okay. supervised visit. Okay. So they're super excited to see their dad, um, and they run ahead to the front door to go see their dad. So Elizabeth, the social worker, is like getting her bags and stuff. The kids jump out of the like the car and run up to the front door. Josh opens the front door, greets the kids, looks at Elizabeth, the social worker, right in the eye, slams the door in her face, and locks it. So the kids are both now in the house with Josh, not being supervised. Okay. She obviously freaks out and she calls nine one one. And you guys need to listen to this nine one one call, like for some. Of it but it is it is so fucked up because she's calling nine one one. She knows something's wrong. She oh, knows. she knows. She's she knows. freaking out. She's like, I'm the person that's supposed to be supervising right now. This creepy ass dude just looked me in the face, took the kids inside, slammed the door, locked them in. I can't get inside. I'm in fucking Puyallup. Exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. So she calls 911. She gets the world's shittiest dispatcher. And he's like, what are you doing? I don't know what you do. Like, what do you, what's a supervised visit? Who's supervising? She's like, I'm supervising. He's like, how are you supervising your own visit? Like, he just doesn't get, get it. it. And he's being an asshole. And she's being really clear. She's like, I've worked for the state of Washington. I am a social worker. This is Josh Powell. And this is in 2012. Like, the case is open. Is, people is, people know. know. People know. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm, he quote unquote said, sorry, the police are out um, making, like, on life threatening calls. And she was like, I think this is a life threatening call. Like, their mom has disappeared. The dad is a suspect in the murder or the disappearance. Please come and help. It takes the call takes eight minutes for him to dispatch nine one one. It's it's awful. And I, I hope he's gone. Well, I guess he felt obviously like huge remorse after mm-hmm. this, and I think like now he's a public speaker on, or he helps with okay. training for nine one one dispatchers or something. I don't know. I need what to like a look. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So, by the time she calls, so it takes eight minutes for him to Mm -hmm. first dispatch the police. Okay. Then it takes 13 minutes for them to get there. So, like, it's been a long time. So, she's outside. She's outside freaking out. She calls 911 again, screaming that the house has exploded. (gasps) Yes. Yeah, the house Mm -hmm. exploded. So, while Elizabeth was on the phone with 911, Josh attacks both Charlie and Brayden with a hatchet. And then he douses the house with gasoline, and he sets the home on fire with all three of them inside. Yeah. it's I told you, this one is a really fucked up one. Oh, my. Okay. So. They're really. Wait, go back to the hatchet part. So. How do, Obviously, how do we know about the hatchet? Do we know after the fact? After the fact. Okay, okay. So, so she didn't hear them scream, no, and, no. like, so he just, like, you know, doesn't want them to burn to death. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I would assume he didn't want them See, to burn to yeah. death. So when they do the autopsy, um, they found out that the kids died from smoke inhalation. They did not die from their hatchet. Okay, so wounds. he so maybe, he maybe trying, trying to, to put them out of their, you know, misery, yeah. but... It, it's just, it's all fucked all around. So, the three of them die. Josh Powell, Charlie, and Brayden all die. It's really awful. And... So this yeah. woman is just outside. Yes, the social this worker burn, is seeing this house burn down. And she... And she just... About it. No, and she just had those kids in her backseat just like 20 minutes beforehand. It's insane. So at this point, like, we can all assume that Josh killed Susan Powell. We're like, assuming. We're assuming. Yes. Like, there's no, there has never been a official by the court ruling that Josh killed Susan, but yeah, they never found her body again, and which is super unfortunate. But we can all assume that Josh yes. definitely was involved in her murder. 100%. So, the thing that's like interesting about this to bring up the podcast cold again, they do like some serious investigative journalism, mm-hmm. and Michael. Powell, which is Josh Powell's brother, mm-hmm. he was, like, in the area at this time, apparently, during Susan's disappearance, uh-huh. and apparently a few days after the disappearance, he drove from Utah to Oregon and dumped his new car at a junkyard in Oregon. Oh. 
So, and no one did. When did we find this out? This is I, this I is don't, new information. This is new information, but I don't know exactly when this was found out. So, and also a year after Josh killed himself and the kids, his brother Michael completes suicide by jumping off a building. Yeah. And then a couple years after that, Steve Powell dies of cancer in prison. So everyone... So he did go to prison. He did go to... Well, okay. because of the child pornography. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone who knew something is now gone. So we'll never you know, know exactly what happens. Karma has a funny way of working itself out, it really I does. have to say. But that is such an unfortunate situation because, you know, in all these stories I'm sure we're going to tell... Every family, it, all these cases that never get solved, we want answers. Right, we justice want to know, for the family. We want justice for the family. There's always going to be that open wound. There's always going to be that, like, what happened, how, why. There's no closure. There's no, no closure there's no to closure. the story. It's so fucked. So there's actually a little bit of new information that just came out in July 2020. Mm-hmm. The state of Washington obviously fucked up this case so mm-hmm. much. Like... Mm-hmm. CPS fucked up. You know, he had no right to have visitation rights with those kids. The Coxes, so Susan's family, like, sued the state of Washington. Okay. So on July 31st, it was actually ruled that the state of Washington owes the Cox family $98 million. $98 in restitution. And, of course, the state of Washington, um, being fucking broke, because I know, uh, being on unemployment, that the... (laughs) Washington State government is completely Shout broke. Out. They actually appealed it. They appealed the ninety-eight million. Okay, so we're still we're still in today's day. We're still trying to yeah. negotiate, negotiate. Some money for this poor family that's been through hell and back. Exactly. Their daughter's gone, and both of still doesn't know why. Doesn't know how. Right. Their grandkids are gone, and we I mean, know why. There's <laughs> there's no. I mean, there's no dollar amount that is ever going to bring them back, but I just, like, I hope that the family gets the money that they deserve, and I hope that the fucking state of Washington doesn't jip them out from the money that they need to have, because the yeah. state of Washington fucked up, so they need to pay up. Yeah. They do. So, yeah, that's my story. I told you, we're going to start with the Damn. one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we we're yeah. gonna start with a really, a really fucked up one. But that was hard. That was hard. Um, but we're not gonna end on a bad note. We're gonna end on a creepy, but maybe funny note. All right. So here's where I segue. So into something totally different. Um, our podcast is about creeps. Yes, it so, is about creeps, especially Pacific Northwest West Coast. West Coast Creeps. And we got some stories, y'all. So, okay. So, we're going to segue from a creep that has been in the news. He is, I mean, a red flag creep. We know he's a creep. How about those creeps we see every single day? Those we call creeps on the streets. Creeps on the streets. All right. Ending segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to dive right into creeps on the streets. So... This is the part of the podcast where we talk about our own personal and hopefully your stories stories about your creeps on the street. So, Katie, I'm excited. <laughs> Guys, we have fucking, so a little backstory, Katie and I have been friends for like eight years. Yeah. Yeah, so we went to, we met in college, we were in the same sorority together, we lived together, we've been best friends ever since. 
We have a few matching tattoos. We've been, we've been through it. We've been through it. So we got some stories. So Kate has been through a few of uh, my my creeps on the street. So I'm going to talk about one in particular. All right. Let's hear it. Just, just do it. Just say it. Okay. All right. So as we talked about earlier in the podcast, I went to Washington State University. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Let's uh, circle back to junior year of college. I was, was that like 2014? Something? Yeah, 2014. probably 2014. Yeah. I was a junior at the time. I mean, I was old enough to go to the bars, that's for sure. I, I think, let's see, I was I was 23 when I graduated, so maybe like 21. 20, 21, 22. Yeah. 21, 22. Yeah, I think I was 22. 21 or 22 at the time. So, as I said before, we were in a sorority, so I was living in the sorority at the time. One of my good friends, was talking to a guy that was on the WC football team. She asked me to go with her to this, like, we call them live-outs, this, like, football live-out where this guy was living at the time. And she's like, yeah, it'll be really fun. Like, there's going to be a couple guys that are, you know, on the football team, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I'm like, all right, you know, fine. So we go, and she's talking to, you know, she's talking to the guy that she knows, and... There's a guy there that's he's pretty cute. Um, somebody was like, oh, yeah, like, you should talk to, I'm not going to say his name. I feel like I. <laughs> we'll just call him. I probably should have signed it. Let's, just call, him, let, let, let's call him Don. Don? Don. I kind of like that. Don. Okay, so there's Don that's at this uh, football live out. And he's talking to me. He's cute, you know, you know. And the other guy that lived at this house was like, yeah, my boy Don, he's going to be a big football dude. Like, he's on the team right now. He's obviously um, a freshman. Oh, and you're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm sitting there being like, ugh, I don't know how how I feel about the freshman thing. I don't want to totally call out this player because I feel like if I see his position, I feel like you're probably going to know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about sports, but we'll just play it. We'll play it on those. On the I feel like the position is important to the Was he a receiver? Though. I'm just going to say it. He's not a receiver. I, I, I was going to say I did do that at one point, but that was my freshman year. Anyways, he is not a receiver. Um, okay, so this was the backup quarterback okay. for Washington State University okay. at the time. Anyways, so this guy's like, yeah, my boy Don, he's going to be a big player. He's going to be this, he's going to be that. Like, he's cool. Like, you should talk to him. You should hang out with him. So I'm talking to the guy, and he's cool and whatever. You know, we're drinking. Um, he's flirting with me, you know, and he's like, well, um, we should hang out. And I'm like, okay. He's like, you should come back to my place. Ooh. Okay, guys, let's talk about the fact that I lived in the sorority at the time. Guys are not allowed in sorority. Boys are not allowed. No. Like, guys can't come stay the night. House they Mama can Chris hardly even, would not. <laughs> they can hardly even I mean, visit. I had a few, I had a few boys. Yeah, well, we all did. A few boys. What we, the fuck am I talking about? I had one boy in the sorority. We all did, Yes. So, Mama Chris caught me one. <laughs> so, regardless, it's not allowed. And so this guy's like, you know, so I'm like, well, I live in sorority. And he's like, well, come back to my place. So, you know, I'm not really thinking this fully through. We start walking. To the dorm. He lives in the dorm. No. He's a freshman, you guys. He lives in the dorms. And so, he's like 19 and you're like, what, 22? Yeah. So, okay. he's 19, freshly, you know, I'm sitting there being like, I'm hanging out with the backup quarterback, like, thinking I'm this is, like, probably so cool. I'm going to say the drinks were for sure flowing. I was, you know, maybe not in the right state of mind. 
so we get back <laughs> we get back to his place and um you know we walk into this room and there is <laughs> there is some like I want to say like pushing three bills linebacker asleep next to it because if you this know is if, rooming? yes if you know dorms you know it's literally a square box with two beds in it that you share. That so is a two-room dorm you room. You just, like, reach over. Literally, I could touch him if I wanted to. And this dude is, I'm not kidding you, he is the biggest, like, man. huge He's sleeping bear in, like, man a snoring in this, like, tiny, tiny, tiny twin-size bed. <laughs> so I'm already like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Like, what is happening right now? I don't know this guy. You know, the only thing I know about him is that he plays on the football team. And so my dumbass thinks that's, you know, cool. So <laughs> the guy's asleep, whatever. We go lay in his twin-size bed right next door to... Um, been there, girl. Been there. <laughs> right next to um, Three Bills Bear Daddy. <laughs> Three Bills Bear Daddy. I'm, Shut the I'm fuck up. I love that. <laughs> Three Bills Bear Daddy is sitting Three there, is sleeping next to us. I want that, like, on a poster. Three <laughs> Bills. What's your type? Three Bills Bear Daddy. Three Bills. Everyone is picturing it in their mind right now. They know exactly what I'm talking about. That linebacker. Big man. Dude. Big okay. guy. So me, so me and this guy, you know, me, it's, a, I, it's too late at this point, you guys. I, I, I have, I have. I have to sleep with him. Like, what else am I doing here? Why am I at a dorm room? Right. Junior year of college with a freshman red shirt football player. What am I doing? You, you, you taste that little ex- success. You're like, maybe, times maybe are, next year he's going to be the main, the main quarterback. Times Who are knows? tough. Times are fucking tough. So, <laughs> so we start, you know... Doing your thing. Getting thing, you know, getting things going. I'm gonna cut to the chase. We start hooking up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay, first of all, this is something that I had forgotten about the story for the longest time. Um, he had his penis. I'm not kidding you guys. Was literally curved, the biggest curve I had ever like felt. No, looks like a boomerang. Seen. This was a boomerang. Boomerang dick. dick. Boomerang dick. This was a boomerang. TM dick. coined it. Trademark boomerang dick. Coined boomerang dick. So, me and this guy are hooking up. I'm looking forward. All of a sudden, I, like, he's not saying anything. I don't feel his hands, like, you know, on my hips or anything. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, is this guy still here? Like, I like I think he's still here, but, like, is he still here? I turn around and look behind me. This dude. Oh no, oh no, I'm ready for it. What was the creepy ass thing he did? This creep is rubbing his own nipples, looking down at his own nipples, full on looking at his nipples, rubbing his nipples, hooking up with me. Oh no. I didn't know what the fuck to do. So I just, I just ignore like I saw anything. I had I had to. Or what else do I do? I don't, I don't know. can't just get off and be like, all right, like, I gotta go. Like, what do I do? I feel like now that we're full grown adult women, I feel like that I, is weird. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. Goodbye. Yeah, I didn't know what you know at the time. You're drunk. You're like you you're know. young. You're yes, young. but now for sure, I would get up. I would walk out and walk my ass home. No, but I don't. So I sit there. 
turn face forward, I'm like, don't look, don't turn around, don't turn around, like, this will be over soon. <laughs> I, like, put my face down, I'm trying to, like, maybe He's get back into it. He, this dude is fully, I'm not kidding you, like, I think maybe he tried to, like, lick his nipple at one point. I'm not kidding, this guy is all into it, he's being full creep status. <laughs> Damn, that is a creep of my so, one. So, we get done, I'm, I'm literally laying there mortified the guy just enjoyed the best time of his life so i'm sitting here in the fucking dorms i'm like a hilltop away from my sorority okay where also backup it's so hilly the dorms and the sorority i swear to god you have to hike mount yeah. everest to get home yeah so it's probably 3 a.m at this point and I'm stuck at the dorms. I just had the weirdest encounter with this guy who's supposed rubbing to be... Rubbing his own nipples. Rubbing oh, his no. own nipples. Who's supposed to be this, like, cool man on campus. Like, we just got this, like, hot new football player, red shirt quarterback, like, gonna be somebody, whatever. So... Does he end up being... Did no, he, like, I'm gonna get to this. Okay. I'm gonna get to that part because, because I have like a funny after after story after this. Because I feel like I don't know that part of the story. <laughs> so okay, so we wake up in the we're no, I'm so I'm laying there. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna stay here. And he, t- he tells me he's like, we have practice. Like he's like trying to cuddle. He's like trying to you know whatever. And he's like, we have practice or we have uh, yeah we have practice at like, 6 a.m. or something, like, he had to be up super early for practice, like, so it's just a few hours, so I'm sitting there being, like, all right, sweet, like, I can get the fuck out of here, like, him and three Bills bear daddy on the side are gonna leave for their fucking practice in the morning, and I can get my ass out of here, so fast forward, it's, like, 6 a.m. that he wakes up and, like, gets ready and, like, goes, like, leaves, and he looks at me before he leaves. This dude thinks that we just had the greatest night of our lives. He looks at me and he was like, so are you going to leave or do you want to, like, stay here and we can hang out when I get back? And I was like, um, and he's like, just stay. Like, let's let's hang out. I'll literally only be gone for an hour. Like, just sleep here in my dorm. I'll come back and we can hang out. And I was like, okay. Like, I got really awkward. And I was like, oh, okay. Sure, you know, thinking that like as soon as this guy walks out the fucking door, I'm grabbing my stuff, I'm leaving. I don't have his, I don't, fleeing. I don't have his number. I mean, I know his name because he plays on the team, but I, you know, I don't think he knows my name. We don't have anything, anything. Like, I'm like, I'm grabbing my shit and I'm walking out the door. So the guy, the guy walks out, him and Bill Daddy walk out. And, (laughs) and I like start putting on my clothes and, it, like, took me a second. I'm, like, gathering my clothes, gathering my thoughts. I'm sitting here being, like, what the fuck just happened? What am I doing here? Why am I in a dorm, in a freshman dorm? And I start going to walk out the door. Homeboy comes walking back oh, in. No. And he was, like, guess what? Practice got canceled. And I was, like, oh, fuck. So... So, and he looked, he, he realizes that my clothes were on. I was walking out the door. And he was, I was like, I have to get back. Like, I, you know, I, I can't I stay. I to do. I, I can't have, be in the dorms. I was like, I cannot be here right now. Like, what, are you going to take me to the fucking food court in the morning? No. I need to leave ASAP. 
So, so he kind of like, I think gets the hint and I'm like, I gotta go. Like, I can't hang out. Maybe like text me or like whatever. And I remember saying to text me knowing damn well he didn't have my phone number. And I walked out that door without him having my phone number. Like, I remember leaving and being like, well, why don't you just text me? And then I just like, whoop, and just like swooped out the door. Bill Daddy came back. Three (laughs) Bill Daddy. Three Bill Daddies back. So I leave. I'm making my hike home. I'm sitting there being like, I can't fucking wait to tell my friends the shit I just got into. Like, this is insane. I just hooked up with some guy that was licking and rubbing his own fucking nipples. Creepy. Creepy. That's my friend. That's a West Coast creep. That's a creep on the streets. Here's where it comes full circle. So, oh, no. I, so I'm a junior at this time. I'm like, this guy's a redshirt freshman. We had a really good quarterback at the time. And so I'm I'm not thinking that, you know, I'm ever going to, like, know who this guy is. Like, he's not going to, you know, maybe he'll be somebody, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be around to see it. Right. So fast forward um, to Apple Cup. If you guys don't know what Apple Cup is, it is um, University of Washington versus Washington State University. So University of Washington is where... Ted Bundy went, and apparently where Josh Powell went. Yeah. So, grapes. Crunch grapes. Grapes. So, you know, I'm, and it's hard to get tickets. It's like, it's a, it's the, it's, it's a big the, thing. It's the big thing. It's the thing to do. It's right before, what is it, right before? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. It's like, or the, right after Thanksgiving. No, it's like right before. Okay. Uh-huh. So, it's in Seattle at the time. Uh, me and my, my friend got us tickets. We go to the game. We walk into the game, and this is probably, it had probably been like, Three or four months. Obviously, the kid didn't have my number, so he didn't text me. We didn't talk after it. I did not go back to that live out anymore. Change your name. Change, change your identity. Change my name. Change my identity. Never talk to this man again. Hope to God I never see this man, hear about this man again. I walk into Apple Cup, and over the loudspeaker, they go, well, our quarterback, who was supposed to be this big quarterback, I do know his name. I don't want to say it because I don't want anyone to like put two and two together. Right. So the big... the. The quarterback who was supposed to be our big-ass quarterback, like, best, you know, I think he probably ended up getting drafted. They were like, he's hurt, he's out, so we have the freshman redshirt quarterback. (laughs) Don's name comes over the loudspeaker. Me and my friend look at each other, and we're like, oh, my God. I can't even believe this came full circle. Here he is making his debut, ladies and gentlemen. The creep on the street. The creep on the street. <laughs> so I never got to live that one down. Guys, the creeps are <laughs> among us. You never know. You really never know. Fuck. At least, like, some creeps are better than others. At least he didn't kill you. That's true. He just That's rubbed true. his fucking nipples. So, <laughs> so Honestly, <there> are... <laughs> oh, God. Ew. I mean, yes, that's not the creepiest thing that could have happened, but it's definitely a creepy moment. It's creepy. It's on my top ten for sure. Um, Guys, we have a lot more creepy-ass stories like this, and I'm excited to tell them. Also, we want people to submit their creep on the streets. I want creep stories. on the streets stories. Yeah, I want, I want to hear other weird, uncomfortable, doesn't creepy. have to be sexual. It can be anything. It can be somebody you ran into Gave you bad juju. Yeah, bad you vibes. ran into at the store. Somebody who made you feel uncomfortable. Like, we want to hear all of those creeps that are on our current streets. Right. And it's like, it can be funny. It can be serious. It could be chill. It cannot be. You know? 
There's a spectrum of creepiness. There for definitely sure. is. When you say someone's a creep, I mean, we talked about two different, you know, total And I am so sorry. Hopefully, I never get cool enough that this guy figure like listens to this or somebody figures out who the fuck this. I mean, I quarterback was. I went to the school <laughs> and I don't know. Granted, if I don't I like said sports. His name, you, you would know. I mean, okay, we'll talk after. Yeah, <laughs> but wait, hold on. Just say it. Can we'll say it and we'll be able to bleep it out. Remember I said oh. he had Ben Dick because his name was Ben Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> you need to find, figure out how to, he like, edit bleeps into this. <laughs> he, I'm actually friends with him on Facebook. The guy ended up. You should block him. He's, I, we're friends on Facebook, or on Instagram or something, and he ended up getting in trouble at WCU. He was supposed to be this, like, they, like, gave him a huge signing thing like he was supposed to be this big you know person and he ended up going to like Florida or something and playing for them he got in trouble he got kicked I think he got kicked off WSU for like smoking weed or something really fucking pathetic yeah but anyways oh and also um side note that I didn't add when we played that apple cup game we lost and it was definitely due to Dawn thanks so nipple Having nipple rubbing, nipple licking dog. Bad at football, fucking <laughs> nipple feeling. He should be feeling more footballs on his fucking own nipples. Come so, there is my creep on the street for episode one. Alright, well, I'm really excited to talk about more creeps on the street. I know that we started with like a really harsh story. Not all of them will be this crazy, but some definitely will because I am a true crime kind of gal. And then we'll always end with a, uh, you know, creep something on the street. Funny. Yeah, yeah, something funny. Not always going to be sexual. Not but... always, but probably most of the time. <laughs> you know us. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, to our first episode. So we're going to start posting um, every Wednesday. Yeah. We West Coast Creep Wednesdays. Yeah, West Coast Wine. West Coast Wine Creep Wednesdays. Yeah, we're still working on it. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll find we'll get that. Good. We'll get that fine-tuned. But mm-hmm. cheers to the wine, cheers to the West Coast, and cheers to the creeps. Thanks. Bye.